Hello, my name is Tim. Welcome to the seventh episode of Hockleyport Lockdown, a podcast that I started at the very beginning of the UK coronavirus lockdown. At that time, we had no idea how life was going to pan out for any of us, but I couldn't help wonder how it might have a unique impact on myself and my neighbours who all live on canal boats in the middle of Birmingham, England. We are nearly seven weeks into lockdown now, and we appear to be coping well, but I sense a weariness of it all now. Like everyone else around the country, we miss our families, and we yearn to get back to meeting our friends in the pub. The lockdown is feeling less of a holiday now, and more of a punishment. As my neighbours make their recordings for this week, we are preparing ourselves for a government announcement on how they propose to ease the lockdown restrictions, and we are divided in how we think this is all being handled. And so this episode is in two halves. Our first half is a rant, an airing of our views and frustrations of COVID-19 lockdown and social isolation. But to calm ourselves a little, in the second half, I asked my neighbours to share with us some of their favourite canal boat memories. There's no right nor wrong in the opinions you're about to hear. I suspect they are a fair representation of the whole country right now. The only note that I would want to make here is that regardless of your own opinion on how this chaos is being played out, let's not let those opinions divide us. If there was ever a time to listen, respect and help each other, now is the time. So, welcome to our first half, frustrations. Let's start with Colin. Hello there, Colin Hastings, Basin 1. Tim asked us to give our feelings on the coronavirus situation. Well, my feelings are the same as they were from day one, that this is a hyped-up flu bug from which 99% of people will recover, should they be unfortunate enough to catch it. The old and infirm need to be cautious, as with any other flu, but people of average health need to question all the information they are being given by politicians and remember how many times they've lied to us before. If we don't stand up to this lockdown and social conditioning, the country will be in ruins with no jobs to go back to. So let's stop being afraid, get the country running again before it's too late. I asked the same of Lisa and Ian. The coronavirus has been continuing to affect our lives. We actually know two people that have died now and some people that have recovered, but it just keeps going on and on. Bit fed up with the fake news as well, like, you know, the government hasn't actually said anything yet, yet the media seem to know what's going on. Hi, this is Nikki. Well, apart from being pissed off with our government about faffing about and not making decisions and things like that, The main thing that winds me up is when I'm doing the supermarket shopping and we're all standing in our lovely lines and there's these people there, they've got masks, they've got gloves, they're wrapped up to the eyeballs and they've been very paranoid and then they get their phone out with their gloves and then they put it to their ear and then they have a good cough and then they put their hands on the trolley again and then they wipe their nose and then they touch a whole bunch of other things and then they push in front of you when you're in the supermarket to get your vegetables. I think, what kind of self-protection is this? It's just, it's silly. And I laugh and, and also I get really wound up when I'm going to the supermarket. Here's Penny. What I find very hard to bear is how much the Conservative government and the coalition government before them just hate the people they serve. They've run down the NHS quite deliberately. They just can't be bothered to get anything right. All these endless mess ups with um, deliveries and goodness knows what else. And they're all just form over substance. Last week, 
brilliant. They did 80,000 tests. They got 40,000 in the post. They could say we did 80,000. We sent 40,000 out. We reckon at least half of those were done. That's 100,000. No, they had to lie. They had to say 122,000 have definitely been done. They just don't care enough to get anything right. And this business that they started off with, with herd immunity is just disgusting. Let's let a lot of us get it. Plenty of us will die. But that's okay because we'll have herd immunity. We do not even know if having it once will give you immunity. Now, my sister fell in love and emigrated to New Zealand 49 years ago. She's got type 1 diabetes. She's got another immune system disease called CIDP. And I'm so pleased she is in a country with a prime minister, Jacinda Dern, who just seems to love her people. She talks beautifully about staying in your bubble, about looking out for each other. And you compare and contrast that with the heartlessness of our government. And it's just too much to bear. And Harry has a very specific rant. So my coronavirus rant centres around cycling and cyclists. I am a keen bike rider myself. I uh, cycle to work every day. I absolutely love bicycles and anything like that. However, I don't look like very much of a cyclist. Off my bike, you would never know. And on my bike, I look even less like a cyclist. So it's been quite interesting being out on my bike and what people's reactions have been. Usually, obviously, you know, you never hear of anything while commuting or whatever. No one talks. However, it was quite interesting in a set of lights. A chap pulled up on a gleaming new mountain bike with the stickers still on it uh, and decided to um, start ranting at me saying, you are the problem. You're the issue. You're why we're having people breach lockdown and all of this. It's people like you dragging your old scruffy bikes out the back of your garages and uh, choosing to ride them round and you know you shouldn't be doing this and then um, proceeded to uh, ride off and uh, ride into the curb which was awfully dignified of him but no it's certainly a changing attitude towards us cyclists it's becoming a very very popular activity with a lot of people and I largely see that as a good thing but I also see that it's opening up quite a partisan divide between uh, cyclists and non-cyclists and that's just not a good thing you know why can't we all get on and not label ourselves by what vehicle we choose to get about on here's Pete it's his first appearance in this podcast hiya my name's Pete I live on board Narrowboat Meg Merrilies since 1997 with a two-year sojourn off permanently cruising, which was quite good fun. I'm in the uh, fortunate position of being salaried, so I've not really suffered financially in any way, although I feel huge sympathy to people who are not in this position. My usual job involves a lot of driving between six different schools across the Black Country and Birmingham area, and uh, this is tremendously time-consuming and sometimes not all that very rewarding um, it's a lot of mundanity although there's a lot of fantastic stuff that goes on as well but uh, in a way this um, closure of schools and uh, the lockdown has provided me a little bit with some respite I suppose and uh, some time to uh, really appreciate where I live it's given me the opportunity to sort my garden out and to grow stuff that I've never done before and to uh, occupy myself in ways which I've found actually quite rewarding. I started playing the viola back in November so I've been really getting stuck into that particularly over the winter during the cold dark winter months. Since then um, I've been sitting outside in the nice weather playing out uh, annoying all the neighbours I'm sure. And so it feels to me to be appropriate to ask Pete to provide us with a short intermission here. A moment to transition from our rants and frustrations about COVID-19 lockdown to a more pleasurable state of dreaming of our favourite canal boat places and moments. 
Welcome back to part two. We start with Ian and Lisa. But let's talk about something else for a bit. Yeah, eh? let's be positive. So what was our favourite moment on the boat? Well, for me, there's two occasions, and that was bringing our boat back from Hatton in Warwickshire when we bought it mm. and helping our friends to bring their boat back uh, last from, year. From Nottingham, yeah. When we started off, we had no idea, but we got a friend who helped us. And it was so good to learn the knowledge from that person. And then when we met more and more people, we learned their knowledge. And now, nine years later, it's nice to be able to pass that knowledge on to other people. And we don't do this for high reward. We do it because we like to do it to help other people, don't we? That's right, yeah. We really enjoyed it. I mean, it's hard work when you come back up the Farmer's Bridge locks and the Aston flight. Because how many locks are them two? Millions. <laughs> Just <laughs> no, no, I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's quite a few, yeah. But it's good when people are there together and you're working together. When we come back, we're almost at uh, the Flapper and Ferk and we got them children to help us. Yeah. That... Oh, the parents loved it, didn't they? That's it. That was really nice. You can imagine going back to school yeah. the next day and let, telling everybody what they'd done. They really enjoyed that. So that's mm. nice to sort of interact with the public on that. Oh, the public, what's that? We don't know what that is anymore, do no. we? can't who, go out. Who are the public? Who are the public? Harry again. My favourite boating memory is probably at the end of my first winter. I left my winter mooring. Spring was just in the air. It was, and I remember mooring up after a day's boating on, on a beautiful river, really broad fields either side. And I, I've still got the picture of this evening as my desktop background almost two years later. And, you know, just gorgeous sunset flowers everything like that wildlife and i sat on my roof and ate my dinner as the sun was going down and it was just so peaceful and lovely and i thought i don't want to be anywhere else i am totally independent i am totally free this is what it's all about i asked colin what his most memorable canal trip was my most memorable canal trip was where i went on the shropshire union canal with my late father in the year 2000 we were out for eight days and moored up every night, miles away from everyone. Having done the Starport Ring three times and the Avon Ring once, this trip with my dear father is the one I will always remember most, with great joy and a little sadness. Nicky and John are also dreaming of canal trips away. If I was not at Hockleyport, nice as it is, I think I'd pick any other river to be on. Because rivers are really different from canals. They're just, uh, they're alive and you've got all the birds and you've got all the trees, but you've got moving water and living water. So the River Weaver, we've had some amazing barbecues and picnics out there on the banks of the river. And you can see the canoeists and the, the rowers and the ducks going past, or even a couple of years ago down on the River Way. Again, there's something really special about a river bank in the middle of summer. It's just gorgeous. Hi, this is John. Now, I've been on a canal nearly 20 years now, so I've got loads of places where I'd love to be. Nikki mentioned the River Weaver and the River Way. Absolutely gorgeous. I quite like the bottom of the Sharpness Canal. The whole of the Sharpness Canal is nice, but the bottom end, where it goes onto the Bristol Channel, is a marvellous place. But even the year before, when we went on our mega cruise to London, I didn't realise how much I would like uh, the Grand Union, all the way from Ballsbridge in London down to Hatton. Uh, I thought it would be a little bit so-so, but the whole Grand Union I really enjoyed. And one closer to home, the bottom of the 21 to Worcester. It's an absolutely gorgeous canal, iconic. You've got everything there, and if I do that trip, I usually like to do it on tickover. I enjoy that run so much. Penny is clear about where she would be. 
My favourite lock flight is Bosley Flight. If I'd had children and one of them had been a daughter, I'd have called a Bosley Flight and she would have been the most fabulous actor, don't you think? Anyway, Bosley Flight, it's on the Macclesfield Canal, it's in the Peak District. There's a great big hill that sort of shivers down at you called the cloud. It's 343 metres. I looked that up specially for you. What I love about this flight is it goes up a hill. That's why you need the locks. It's just beautiful. It's got double gates both end, which is quite unusual on a narrow lock. But they're beautifully maintained, easy to move. And it's all stone. You've got beautiful little stone bridges. I'm fond of it for a couple of reasons. I've seen it in very different weather. The first time I went up it was my first time boating single-handed, which I did without a centre rope. If you don't have a centre rope, it means you tie one end up and the other end swings out and you can play around trying to get it straight for absolutely ages and imagine doing that with one of you. So the first time I went up Bosley Flight, it was April, it was hailing, but I was just so pleased and proud to do the whole flight. That canal's also got some swing bridges, which are quite a challenge if you're on your own, you have to tie up and scramble around anyway Bosley flight my first time out single-handed in the hail I went through two locks quite neatly on my own came across a British waterways guy in his boat he popped out took a look at me and said um, oh you single-handed love I went uh, yes I am and he said that'll keep you fit then and went back into his boat in the sleet now you do not expect anybody to help you when you're single-handed you don't go out in the hope that someone will take pity on you you're responsible for yourself you get on with it however help appropriately offered now and then is quite often given and very much appreciated. I loved the flight so much. It was such a beautiful setting that I didn't care that this bloke had been uh, a bit grumpy. I just thought it was really funny. I thought, fair enough, it was coming up to 3.30. He's about to finish his shift and there's this mad woman who's determined to do this flight in the sleet. I can see his point. Other times when I've done Bosley flight, it's been absolutely glorious. And I remember one time when we came down it and we just stopped at the end of it and had this amazing panorama of the Peak District and got the barbecue out and it was just a fabulous day but please go to Bosley Flight it's beautiful please call any daughters you may have Bosley Flight because it should be celebrated and back to Pete Canal memories um, quite a lot of those over uh, the space of nearly a quarter of a century now some fantastic times I think probably one of my favourite moments is uh, uh, going into an abandoned oil dock in Worcester just outside Worcester on the River Severn for the night uh, and there's a pontoon in there there's no other boats it's just uh, just this old abandoned place um, went in there um, there was no space on all the visitor moorings so uh, tied up in there went to sleep and uh, about two o'clock in the morning, I was woken up by this sort of snoring sound. And what the hell's that? So uh, I went to the side hatch and opened the side hatch, and uh, the whole oil dock was full of swans, all with their heads under their wings, all snoring. Mute swans are, are not mute, and uh, I don't think I've ever seen such a beautiful sight. It was absolutely glorious. I just stood there holding my breath for about, uh, I don't know, half an hour, an hour, watching these uh, incredible... It was just an incredible moment. These memories are golden, you can hear it in their voices, and we all hope that it won't be long before we can untie our mooring ropes again and chug our tiny homes out onto the beautiful and peaceful canal network of Great Britain. In the meantime, we must also hope that our lockdown frustrations don't divide us. We all dream of the same thing, so let's all work together towards it. Please subscribe to this podcast to continue how life progresses in Hockley Port during these times. Thank you for listening, and please, be kind to each other.